Welcome to the Whole Self Podcast, where we talk about various mental health topics with an emphasis on the body, mind, and spirit connection. Our goal is to empower our listeners with the knowledge and tools needed to embark on their own healing journey. A gentle reminder that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Welcome to Know Thy Trauma. Today, we're going to do Know Thy Workplace Trauma. I'm yes. Sharon Wegman. And I'm Kate Byler. And we've been working on the trauma series. If you go back to our first episodes, mm-hmm. you can work all the way through all yeah. the different kinds of trauma. But today, we want to talk about workplace trauma. But first, let's get a general definition of what trauma is. Yeah. So trauma, as we've been stating in each of our podcasts, um, It can be obviously an event that happened to you, but most of the time what signifies it as trauma in our mind and our body is what our body and brain were doing in that moment. And if we really had someone to talk to after the fact or someone safe to go to. So if really you were alone and your body responded very poorly and was scared in any event, doesn't have to be considered big, it can be tiny. Um, that's what we qualify as trauma and usually have, you know, reactions out of that and, and symptoms and triggers. So Mm. it's different for everyone. Definitely. And, um, we've just seen an increase of workplace trauma probably in the last 10 years, but more specifically since COVID Mm -hmm. (laughs) because what's you know, we are all very still, our bodies are still very traumatized Mm -hmm. from COVID and all the things that are happening in our world, in our country, in Ukraine. There's just, it's just not so much Mm -hmm. that our body is often very traumatized. So imagine a bunch of traumatized people trying to work together. Right. It's, it's a lot of triggering. And so That's why we want to talk about workplace trauma because it's so important. It's a huge part of your life. If your workplace is traumatic, you bring that home. For sure. So let's talk about places that have a lot of actual trauma. Can you define what vicarious trauma is? Yeah, so you might have heard this term before, maybe not. Hopefully, if you are in a job that deals with on-hands actual trauma on the front lines, Hopefully they've sent you some type of training to warn you about vicarious trauma. And what that means is you're just experiencing trauma through your hands-on work. So that looks like if someone works in a jail or the prison system and, you know, maybe they work with a certain type of offender, just hearing their stories. I mean, as counselors, we experience this, hearing someone's story very graphically, you imagine it in your brain. Yes. Um, maybe you have a kid when they're talking about a kid that's gone through something traumatic. Maybe you've experienced something similar but not quite the same. And so our body, what is happening is we're hearing all these things and our body still reacts as if it is trauma to us. So you might have a nightmare. You might um, have a hard time sleeping. You might just feel depressed when you go home. And this is because you're choosing to hear really hear and see really hard things that our bodies really aren't always equipped to take in. Absolutely. And so if you're in any of these jobs we're about to mention, you've probably had vicarious trauma, you know, throughout at some point. Um, and I think once, I know for me, once I was able to identify it as vicarious trauma, I know how to handle it and put up my boundaries better. 
but when I was like first starting out in this field, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> I just, uh, I think people, people, and we, as obviously we're social services, so mm-hmm. that's counselors or anyone working with people with their problems. So we are one of those populations. So I was thinking, you know, we'll talk about this later, but what counselors really have to learn early on how to navigate the trauma that we deal with. Mm-hmm. We have to separate out from it so it doesn't trigger our own stuff. Yeah. We have to do a lot of self-care to do the job that we do. Yeah, definitely. And that would apply to um, healthcare workers mm-hmm. who are dealing with a lot of trauma. I mean, it's, it's just bad. Yeah. COVID and, made it even 10 times worse. Yeah, and that, and in healthcare, especially in hospitals, you're, like, visually seeing the trauma. Absolutely. And so, you know, that might... It wouldn't be uncommon to have something stick more in your brain then and have a hard time almost having flashbacks Absolutely. of graphic images, um, of maybe even vicarious trauma of you as the caregiver in that moment of healthcare having to tell a family member some hard news. That's it's, really traumatic it's too. It's a lot, mm-hmm. right? So um, first responders, police, yeah. fire, emergency oh, yeah. responders, they're dealing with big things mm-hmm. all the time. Lots of trauma pastors yeah i consider them first responders yeah for sure because they are one of the first people contacted in Mm. times of Mm -hmm. crises so Mm -hmm. they they struggle with a lot of workplace trauma themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then let's talk about marginalized populations yeah so that that might look a little different i mean they're experiencing vicarious trauma too but marginalized populations um I mean, I think when we put this on the list is you're working in areas that are with marginalized populations and so there's not enough funding. Maybe there's more like poverty or crime you're experiencing. And a lot of the times working in these places, not because of the populations, but there just isn't great help or organization to help the workers get like the proper care they need then to help these people. I know when I was working in these situations, there was only so much I could do because I was so burnt out. There was no funding to take care of the people trying to help. There's a lot of needs that come from poverty. Yeah. There's a lot of needs that come from uh, a lot of uh, drug addiction or mm-hmm. or other types of marginalized populations that just they don't have the resources. Yeah, for They sure. just don't have the resources to access the help. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about there are also other situations in which there's a lot of trauma. We kind of already spoke about urban settings, mm-hmm. you know, but we say what happened since COVID is schools are now, I would say, a very high trauma location. Yeah. We're seeing lots of kids with anxiety and depression that we never saw the numbers that we have before. So now these teachers are dealing with a lot of traumatized kids Mm -hmm. and they haven't been trauma trained to the extent that maybe a counselor would be trained. Right. And I mean, if you are honest with yourself the transitioning that covid brought or the pandemic brought between like going virtual to being in person to staying at home like that those transitions were a lot on me as an adult i can't imagine a kiddo having to be okay a lot. with those transitions so they're coming to school with all this angst and energy that they're not knowing how to process and the teachers just kind of have to be there right so lots of transitions can increase the amount of workplace trauma 
as well as lots of transitions out in like regular world, right. leaving schools frequently, mm-hmm. changing homes frequently, right? So that can increase the amount of trauma that our body carries from the amount of stress that's tied to it. Mm-hmm. So people who have swing shifts, you know, mm-hmm. on any given week, they're switching what shift they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mandatory overtime, not having days off. Yep. Yeah. And maybe having to... You know, even cancel plans and work when you didn't want to work, not be home with your kids, you're tired. I mean, that's a form of trauma your body's also taking on. Right, because you can't, your body can't come to its resting state again. Right. It has to stay in a more traumatized, anxious state. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, any workplace where there's racism Mm -hmm. or sexism, I mean, there's just... It's still very rampant. Sexism is still very rampant in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And it creates a very toxic environment to go to those environments. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about risky jobs. Yeah. So jobs where is like, you know, the pay might be a little higher because they're really risking their physical health and physical body because it's a dangerous job, which... Again, like, might not feel, depending on your personality, and if you want to do that job, might not feel traumatic in the moment, but your body is constantly being put pushed to its limits and on edge. So your cortisol levels are high, you're anxious, you know, you might not feel it in the moment, but your body is still registering this as dangerous. Yeah, so I was thinking about, like, aircraft, air traffic controllers. Mm-hmm. They have to bring in all these oh planes yeah. and they often have a lot of workplace trauma because they're in anxiety mm-hmm. of navigating all these different things at the exact same time. Right. Um, and then what we've seen with um, the workplace shift in the last 20 or 30 years that, you know, corporate America is very much focused on the profit versus the person. Yeah. And when you're not person focused in how you do business, your employees will eventually feel very invalidated, mm-hmm. disregarded, and often abused. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and so, um, yeah, that that's an issue. Corporate America is much more cutthroat than it used to be. Yes. And and our last one is where safety and mental health are not cared for, which is like probably most of the places, unfortunately. Even right. even like we, we do a good job of this here and we have the ability to as a private practice, but even agencies that are supposed to be counseling agencies really don't take care of their employees often very well. So that just looks like expecting them to get the job done to meet certain protocols and meet certain goals and it doesn't matter if this person feels safe or not while doing the job Hmm. or if they're going through something or feeling triggered there's not really room for that in the workplace yeah definitely so um let's talk about what workplace trauma looks like and i think it's harder for men to identify it than women because they have been taught to not (laughs) be able to identify their feelings or not feel certain feelings So when they are burning out, it's difficult for them to sometimes recognize it until they hit like a a wall. For sure. So what does burnout look like? I think burnout definitely looks like if you're numbing a lot Mm -hmm. when you're at home, when you're not at work and you're numbing most of the time. Meaning like if you're choosing not to engage with people, if you're just like plugged into a screen anytime you're not at work 
Um, that would be a sign of burnout. Not even like maybe you once liked your job, now you don't anymore. Uh, restlessness at night, not being able to sleep, all these yeah. things. Like if your body feels tired, but you know you haven't really done much physical stuff, mm-hmm. that would be a sign of burnout too. I would say like I'll see people who come in and they are very reactive angry wise. Mm. Like they'll like, I don't understand why I keep screaming at my child. And I'm like, well, I feel like you're probably a little burned out mm-hmm. and you need some to build some breaks in or figure that out. But what if you don't have that? Right. You have to do the, the things to bring it down. So I call it more foggy thinking, mm-hmm. inability to find words for things. A lot of that is just all your brain is, is stressed mm-hmm. and it can't do what it normally yeah, does. Yeah, or maybe like little things that aren't super stressful all of a sudden are. Right. <laughs> So definitely anxiety, anxiety tied to going to work, anxiety while you're at work, anxiety when you're at home, Mm -hmm. like you're, you need to listen to your body. Um, Depression. Yes. That lack of motivation to like do anything or engage in anything. Right. Um, You're spent at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you come home and... You don't have anything to give your family. Now, we as therapists, like I say in my household, it is a boundary. Like, if the first thing I do, I cannot talk to you. I've been Mm -hmm. talking for nine hours, maybe (laughs) ten. And I can't talk again. Right. So I might say, give me 15 minutes. I need to just calm my body down Mm -hmm. so that I can engage with you. So sometimes um, we're not able, if we're not recognizing Mm -hmm. that we need to calm our body down, we're not going to be able to engage. Right. And it's okay to, like, warn your spouse or partner, like, I'm actually feeling kind of burnt out today. Like, it might not be a good night to talk about this serious topic or to talk about the budget because I'm not in a right, good place. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, can't talk about hard things. Right. And so being, you know, privy to that and knowing what you need is important because if you're able to do that and set that boundary, maybe the next day you'll feel more ready to talk about something. Right. And so obviously all of those things impact how we relate to our children, Mm -hmm. how we relate to our our spouse, that relational, we get more relational problems, the more our workplace is affecting us. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just important to kind of recognize that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we already talked about addiction. Mm -hmm. And that can look like it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol no, I know scrolling yeah I know for me it's definitely like a screen if I'm burnt out I just go to a screen and it's a way to turn my brain off and so it can just all these things don't have to be something to like shame yourself about we want you to use them as like oh I'm doing this I must yeah, be burnt out right or isolation mm-hmm. the person who just doesn't want to be around anybody um, because being around people is too triggering mm-hmm. so now that we've got you all triggered about where you work <laughs> Let's talk about strategies for workplace trauma. Um, What's the first thing? So naming it and self-compassion. So meaning you did nothing to deserve or cause this. So I feel like this is like fairly broad, but it could look like, you know, maybe your job demands so much of you, right, that like you did all you can and, and now because of this, we're burnt out. So instead of, again, shaming ourselves, we're going to, you know, 
point out, hey, like this wasn't something you asked for, but how can we figure out how to take care of you now, right? Right. Instead of just ignoring it and keep going through the same cycle over and over again. Right. I think by naming it, naming the trigger, you don't have to numb it mm-hmm. and you don't have to um, get it out, project it out onto other people. You just have to name it. That's a big, huge thing. Yeah, definitely. And and that can look like, you know, dealing with a a nasty coworker or something even. It doesn't have to be the job itself. It can be like an interaction with someone that got you triggered sure, sure. and burn out. Um, so it's really important to talk about it with safe people so we can get their empathy, their validation, their comfort. Mm-hmm. We, we can comfort ourselves. We can have self-compassion. But if we have safe people, we can say, I'm really triggered. This happened. And they can validate us and they can give us compassion. Sometimes it comes through people. Mm-hmm. Um. So developing a strategy, so kind of like before maybe catching where you tend to go when you start getting burnout and start implementing healthier habits or healthy self-care. Absolutely. And that doesn't have to look like setting hours away. It can just look like tonight I'm going to take a bath. Mm-hmm. Like tonight instead of um, watching the same TV show, maybe I'll see if a friend wants to come over and have dinner with me, you know? Right. Doing small things for yourself. Yeah, and and probably each of us as therapists would say, because of the job that we do, we have a lot of very specific habits that we do mm-hmm. to preserve our own to preserve our own care. Mm-hmm. So for me, I walk before work, I walk after work, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of different things that we do to make sure that we're developing strategies to handle the stress that we handle. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, we already talked about talking about it to save people. But a big, huge thing we always suggest is to access counseling mm-hmm. so that if we are in a place that can be shifted, we some, because remember, trauma triggers our brain to not be able to put things together well. Right. So when we are able to talk about that trauma with a therapist, they can come up with ideas that we might not have thought of. Yeah. And they can help us create a self-care plan that fits us. Um, so... It's so helpful to go to counseling. Yeah, and I think a counselor can name things that you didn't know were happening to you even during your work. Um, We have a new counselor here at Wellsprings. Her name is Jennifer Wegman, and no, she is not my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) But Jen focuses on workplace trauma and helping you develop your career and find a different type of job. She's a career coach. And a development coach, mm-hmm. so um, and is certified to do that with people in the wor- world of counseling. So that's an idea for you. Yes. Um, and what we have above there too is, if you have to make the tough call to quit, then you that's something you can talk through your counselor with. Your, now your counselor is not going to give you advice. That's not what we do. Right. <laughs> but we'll help you process to the point to help maybe you get to the point where you know what you need better than you did before right the positives the negatives Mm -hmm. um can i work through this can i not is this livable is this not exactly and and again when our brain is traumatized we need the help of other individuals to help us process out those thoughts so we can think of things we didn't before so that's a good idea um my husband (laughs) is a corporate consultant and he wrote a book i'm Mm -hmm. going to 
boost him too. <laughs> he, it's called Work Well, and it's for is geared for companies who want to create a less toxic workplace, mm, mm-hmm. and how you handle your employees to make them rise in a place of safety. Yeah, as I'm opposed sure to not safety. So hard in corporate world. <laughs> so look on Work Well. That's on Amazon. You can find that. Um, but, you know, for us as spiritual people, we pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we, we're like, God, we need your help. I need your supernatural empowerment. Mm-hmm. But it's also a calming thing to inv- invoke that higher power, right? And to yeah. come into that place of quiet. Yeah. I also think it helps bring clarity, right? So, like is this a place you want me to stay at? Like, is this a place that's going to be good for me? Like, can I get a feeling? You know, like, tap into those places if you are spiritual and and you pray to ask for help because figuring these things out is just not black and white. It's really gray, and it's tough to do when you're already feeling traumatized. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes we're too triggered to pray. Yeah. So we might invite our friends to pray mm-hmm. for us. Right. <laughs> right, because we can lean into their faith when we can't lean into our own faith. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, so again, access help. Remember, if you don't name your trauma, your body will name it. Yes, your body always remembers it. So remember, when you're in those moments where you think something is probably traumatic, but you're so used to seeing it every day, your body is still responding. Yes, right. And I think I think that's why someone, when sometimes when clients come in, I'm like, oh, it sounds like you have some vicarious trauma. And they're like, no, I do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so, but your body is intaking a lot of depressing information and sad stories and seeing terrible things that in reality, like, we're not really wired to see. So your cortisol levels are pumping high. You're going to go home tired and anxious. So just pay attention to that because, yes, you might be used to it, but your body's still responding. Right. So lots of mindful skills breathing techniques relaxation relaxation skills you can find it on any website on youtube Mm -hmm. just to bring your body back down yep okay we'll see you next time bye thank you so much for listening any resources or links from today's episode can be found in our show notes original music in this episode is by christopher burkholder